What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. A couple transfer visitors coming in this weekend. Could TCU steal a tight end from their rival who's one of the best tight ends in the portal. We'll talk about that and more next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Warfog, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, a couple things. One, it's it's holiday office. It's, uh, well, Christmas party day at my uh, office today. So this is not my normal <laughs> Wednesday attire or Thursday attire, but hey, um, trying to be festive today and it works out well. Please subscribe to Locked On Warfog's YouTube channel. You can also find um, the show wherever podcasts are free and available. We're there for you, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, Apple Podcast, whatever the case may be. Uh, some some news that's coming across today, um, and I'm actually going to switch up the order of this rundown a little bit because at the last minute I saw something interesting. So um, Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports, and I always try to be careful about what I share from his information because it's, you know, I want to respect that it's behind a paywall. But I'll just mention a couple of things that he's reporting. I'm not going to go into the details of everything he's saying about it. Um, but he mentioned that today it appears Drake Dabney, tied in from Baylor, will be visiting – TCU and Dabney's in the portal, so he's free to go wherever. Um, has some eligibility left. He spent four seasons at Baylor, um, and this past year was really where he broke out. Uh, in 2022, he had 16 catches for 173 yards, but this past year in 2023, 33 receptions, 552 yards, five touchdowns, um, and he was he was honestly Baylor's main target. I mean, even with the receivers they had on the outside. Dabney was the guy they fed the ball to the most in the passing game. Um, again, five touchdowns, you know, his best games this year. He had 105 yards against Kansas State, four catches in that ball game, six catches for one-on-one against Texas State, had a really nice day against uh, TCU. Um, he had 77 yards on on four catches, did get outdueled by Jared Wiley in that game, who had the best game of his career, had that long 80-plus yard touchdown catch, and then a, another long catch in that ball game. But um, Dabney was the most consistent player on the Baylor team all year. And they got a new offensive coordinator, Jake Spavitol, doing some turnover. He decides he's going to enter the portal. Um, this would be a big get. You know, TCU is kind of in an in-between moment with the tight end position. DeAndre Rogers, talented young player, will be back for actually his third season and did get some playing time last year. Um, Chase Curtis might be back. Haven't heard an official announcement from him. Um, also, uh, Lafayette Caraway, um, the, the who'll be a sophomore this incoming year and missed most of his freshman year with an injury. But anyway, all guys that are uh, younger, um, with the exception of Curtis, but guys that haven't had great production so far at the tight end spot. And that was one of those position groups where you're like, you're most likely not going to be able to replace 
what Jared Wiley did last year because he was so good. Um, but with Dabney, I mean, you have somebody that can do that. I think his athleticism and ability to move after the catch, actually the ceiling is probably a little bit higher than Jared. Now he doesn't have um, the big he, – he's not as big as Wiley is from a height standpoint, but still great size. I mean, 6'5", 250, that's what you want to tie in, a modern tie in especially. So somebody who's played a lot of snaps over his career and has been productive in the Big 12 – um, this would make a ton of sense. So if they could land him, that would be a big deal and kind of a sudden shift here in uh, pursuing him as he's been in the portal. I'm not sure exactly the schools that are um, the hottest and heaviest in chasing after him, but I'm imagining there's pretty big interest because, you know, he had over 500 yards receiving, as I said earlier, found the end zone five times, um, was a super productive player at Baylor this past year in an offense that really struggled to get explosive plays from anybody. So that would be a big get. Um, and, again, I like how TCU is utilizing the portal, at least in theory so far this year. We'll have to see how it plays out when they get on the field. But with veteran guys who are sort of – perfect stopgap players. I mean, okay, you're a little bit young at this position. Um, let's bring in some somebody who can sort of give you a year, maybe two years, and bridge that gap while you continue to develop the talent on your roster. They're doing that heavily with the offensive line. Of course, that's more of a desperation situation because you need quality starters if this offense is going to function properly going into this next season. Um, but a really good, you know, potential take here if they can land them by uh, – getting interest from Drake Dabney and getting him on campus for a visit. So hopefully CC can bring that home. And yes, it is weird in today's world that uh, teams transfer to, to rival schools, right? Like in women's basketball, Jade Owens did that this past off season. She was at Baylor for a few seasons. She ends up coming to TCU. Um, maybe Dabney does that. That's just a new world we live in. It's, it's very strange. It's still kind of like a little bit of whiplash when you see it, but um, that's that's the way things go now. But, uh, man, that'd be a big get if they could land Dabney. I didn't think they could find somebody of that quality in the portal of the tight end position. They're also looking at Tyler Neville, the Harvard uh, tight end, who had a nice a season this past year and also has played a lot. But being in the Ivy League, this would be, you know, a bigger get from a competition standpoint as Dabney has excelled in at the Power 5 level and specifically in the Big 12. Also, Jeremy Clark from 247 Sports, Horn Frog Blitz, uh, reporting that Eric McAllister will be on campus this weekend. And Eric has been um, the main kind of target or one of the guys that's been – he's been the player in the portal that's been linked to TCU for the longest period of time because he shut down his season at Boise State a little bit early um, and had over 800 yards receiving for the Broncos in 10 games. Um, you know, it, it could be a big vertical threat in this offense, which is something that we're sorely missing last year. It's kind of at the point with McAllister where I would be pretty surprised if TCU doesn't land him. Now, the one sort of caveat is uh, the Andy Avalos situation. So Andy Avalos was his head coach at um, Boise State. And Greg Thompson, who's a listener to the show, and he emails me frequently, he emailed a story that I talked about last week where Eric mentioned that um, or maybe it was Monday when we got the news that Avalos was going to come over and be the D.C. But Andy Avalos, former head coach at Boise State, will now be the defense coordinator at TCU. Um, that team at Boise State, not the biggest fan of his, right, like towards the end of his tenure. And he sort of got pushed out in part because of that, also because the team was just underachieving. They ended up actually rallying and winning a Mountain West championship after he got let go. Um, but McAllister said afterwards, you know, yeah, that part of the reason I ended up transferring was because um, 
I, I didn't have a great relationship with Coach Avalos, and he said some things that rubbed me the wrong way. He didn't go into a, a lot of detail about what was said and what happened, but they weren't each other's biggest fans by the end of it. However, I think it, you know this is close to home for McAllister. He's he's from Hazel, so this will be coming back to his hometown essentially. Um, a school at TCU that I know he's super familiar with. Seems like the coaching staff has been in contact with him from the beginning. I would think Sonny Dykes had this plan in place with with Avalos for a few days and hopefully or most likely reached out to McAllister and said, hey, this is this is what's going to happen and hopefully it doesn't affect your situation. And honestly, like when it comes down to it, this is no um, – Shade Derek McAllister. I think he's a really good player. I feel like getting landing him in the portal would be great for TCU, um, and he could be a, a fantastic wide receiver for this team going into next year. But this defense had to get fixed. Like, it was bad last year. They have to improve it. And so if, if it comes down to, like, we're choosing between a defense coordinator or a wide receiver in the portal who could make an impact, um, well, then – you, you go with the defense coordinator. And that's not the choice that's happening. I just mean, like, I I think hiring Andy Avalos was a really good decision by Sonny Dykes. Let me talk more about that in segment two. I mentioned earlier this week, um, his resume on paper is outstanding. I honestly didn't think or, or wasn't sure if they could land somebody of his caliber when they let Joe Gillespie go this late in the process, but it sort of worked out with um, the timing and everything. And having someone like that in your coaching staff is a big deal. So you go make that move regardless of – what some of the repercussions are from a roster building standpoint. Um, and this still seems like a situation where they can smooth the waters. And, you know, it's like Eric, Eric's going to be on the offensive side. Coach Avalos will be on the defensive side. They'll see each other in the facility. I'm sure they'll interact to a certain extent, but it's not like they're going to be one-on-one in a small room each and every day. And they're both men, and I feel like they can figure out <clears throat> how to handle this and how to move forward. Uh, so that's the latest on – Portal target, two TCUs going after Drake Dabney, the Baylor tight end. That kind of came out of nowhere, at least, you know, from where I'm standing. That would be a big get. Again, you know, almost 600 yards receiving, five touchdowns last year. Big athletic player who can move really well after the catch. And uh, it seems like TCU is making a concerted effort to try to beef up this O-line and then in concert with that, get guys who can stretch the field a little bit more, right? McAllister can do on the outside. Hopefully Savion Williams can continue to take a step forward as he really came on at the end of the year. One aspect of his game that you'd love to see is that ability to go up and get the 50-50 ball to run in one-for-one coverage and make plays against smaller DBs um, and – now Dabney could potentially give you somebody uh, up the seam over the middle who could be a force. Really like what the Frogs are doing as they try to revamp this thing. And so I'll continue that conversation in segment two. Are the vibes back? But do you believe in vibes? Should we even care about that? Um, or should we just worry about getting through the offseason and seeing what happens when we hit the football field? We'll talk about that more next here on Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. Prize picks. It's the place to go if you are into daily fantasy sports or if you just want to learn more about what is daily fantasy sports, what are these games that I can get involved in. Um, Prize picks makes it simple for you. Uh, it's, it's just simply up or down. You have stat totals that you look at on the app or at prizepicks.com slash locked on college, and you decide whether they're going to go 
over that or they're going to go down and go below it. Um, and that's as simple as it is. They have a reboot policy. So if your player is injured um, and exits the game early and doesn't return the second half, that that will be rebooted. So you're not going to automatically lose just because Justin Jefferson went out with a, a chest injury in the first half of that ball game. They have a specials league where you can bet on combo projections that involve the NBA and the NFL. You can play alongside celebrities like Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. Um, on prize picks this week, you have options like Steph Curry. Is he going to go for more than 29 points? Will Nikola Jokic get more than 10 rebounds? Um, will Anthony Davis go for more than two blocks? There's plenty of NFL props on there as well. Will Jake Browning throw for more than two passing touchdowns? He had a big game last week against the Colts. PrizePicks.com slash college and that promo code is Locked On College. They will match your first deposit up to $100. So there is an opportunity for you to play with free money. That first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks.com slash college. And they also have an app that is secure and easy to use. Prize Picks, they are a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. We appreciate uh, them getting it done for us. Prize Picks, visit today. Promo code Locked On College. Get that first deposit match of up to $100. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So I had somebody ask me on yesterday's show, really with more of a comment, and it came from uh, Big Easy, and I appreciate your um, input. Big easy, you know, frequently come in and have comments on YouTube, and I, I love to hear from you. He says, I'm still concerned about how Sonny Dykes recruits. He's unlike Patterson, who went head to head with the Blue Bloods. The jury is still out on the strategy. Can he compete for a conference title with Juco and three star players? While Deion Sanders is killing it with four and five stars, in my opinion, TCU is taking a back seat to the big boys. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that because I, I wanted to sort of talk about where we're at kind of early in the off season. So last season was bad. It was a disaster. They go five and seven, they miss a bowl game. Uh, it was not what we expected it to be, correct? We can all agree on that. Okay, even um, some people went at me because they said, you're too optimistic, you're a homer, you made an emotional um, pick at the beginning of the season, which my prediction was nine and three, which I didn't think was an insane prediction going into this year, even with all the production they lost. But bottom line was, I was wrong. I was way off. I told you guys in the offseason, hammer that over-under, that over uh, seven-and-a-half wins. Um, don't take money advice from me, I guess, because I missed it, correct? And I'll freely admit that. And, you know, TCU, the the recruiting, um, a lot of the guys they were targeting, especially during the season, were unranked players, kind of what we call high-ceiling players, guys that they evaluated they felt like eventually – would turn out to be three-star, possibly four-star players, but at the time didn't really have much information on them. I will say, in most cases, and pretty much all those cases, after those players committed to TCU and the different services like On3 and 247 uh, took a closer look at them and evaluated them, they rated pretty high. I mean, they, again, as Big Easy said, mostly three-star players. But for this 2024 class right now, they're ranked 29th overall. They have 22 commits. 
Um, and you have some blue chip players in that mix. Uh, Ja'Kyle Baker, four-star player from Brownsboro. Haas Haney, four-star player, or quarterback from Alito. He'll play Smithson Valley in the, in the state championship game Friday at 7 o'clock if you want to check that out. Jeremy Payne, four-star um, running back from Missouri City. Travis Jackson, a high three-star defensive lineman from Tyler Legacy. I think Travis is a four-star on, on three. But to, to your point, there are no just can't miss five star prospects, um, but that being said, they're with this class kind of in the same ranking area as they were in 2023, and they've done a good job again, at least so far, of landing players in the portal and um, you know finding some guys uh, like Carson Bruno and Kate Bennett on the offensive line um, and finding Braylon James, who was a former top 100 commit in 2023. They were ranked the 26th um, overall class going two, four, seven sports, which was the best recruiting job that anybody had done in history. And so they're 29th now, um, <clears throat> which is a little bit lower, but it's not falling off the cliff and they might add a few more commits. And I think when the dust settles, they should end up top 30, maybe a uh, you know, some teams come in there at the last minute and land some big time players and end up with, uh, you know, surpassing TCU. But I feel like there's a, a good chance they end up top 30 at worst, maybe top 35. Um, and if your stance is that you can't win championships with that type of talent level, I understand that. I'm not going to try to necessarily get you off that. Um, I think in the new Big 12, you can definitely compete for conference championships. Now, can you go toe to toe? at the national level <clears throat> remains to be seen, hasn't really been done before. Uh, now the, the transfer portal is more important than ever. And I don't know if this is a strategy that TCU wants to employ, but I think this is just kind of what this staff has either settled on or decided is the most logical thing for them um, is that they target, you know, you, you land a couple four stars from the high school ranks, you target, high ceiling players that might be more developmental projects. And then your immediate impact kind of roster needs that you have, you dip into the portal and you try to find productive players at the G5 level, or you go after former highly recruited players that landed at power SEC school X or blue blood X. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And you say, Hey, come on home. We'll get you right. We'll get you playing time, and we'll uh, we'll you know set you up moving forward. I feel like that's a plan that can work, especially the way the conference is shifting and evolving with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Now, can you win a national championship that way? I'm skeptical, and I know that's the ultimate goal for everybody. Um, and if if Sonny can continue to put together a proven winner, maybe he gets there in the next five to 10 years. I know people don't want to wait that long, but I'm just talking about building a program. Now, when you talk about like what Gary Patterson did, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Um, maybe you're talking about like from a strategy standpoint, because Gary was, yeah, he, um, he obviously recruited well, but it was kind of a similar direction. And in fact, Gary uh, didn't have classes that were ranked as highly. Typically it was a lot more developmental guys who, all right, come in and especially in defense, like, I'll teach you the system. You're going to learn it inside and out. And then when you're a junior or senior, you're going to be a great player. Um, and the Dion example is 
is valid because Colorado's in the Big 12, and as long as Dion's there, they're going to be a force in recruiting. Like a few weeks ago, it's funny, I think they were sitting like in the 70s in the high school ranks because they didn't have a lot of commits, and they had just lost a quarterback commit, and everybody was like, well, is Dion, you know, can he actually get this done? His whole thing is supposed to be recruiting. Colorado finished the season poorly. Uh, is this not going to work? But he, then he immediately flipped the script, and he's got the number one ranked portal class in the country, and he's landed like two or three five stars at the high school level in the past few weeks. And I think the the biggest thing that I've noticed about that is he's landing big-time offensive linemen, like dudes in the trenches that can start immediately. I can't remember the name of the young man, but he's like the number one ranked offensive tackle in the country coming from the, the high school ranks. And then they've revamped this O-line by landing a couple guys from Indiana and – um, they're, they're just going after it. They're trying to make a complete makeover of the the trenches and protect Shador and allow him to make plays. And on paper, it looks great. And I think Dion is so charismatic, and he's – I mean, he's one of the most famous people in the world, like obviously one of the most famous athletes ever and one of the most successful athletes ever. And so he walks into somebody's living room, and there's just an immediate respect and – um, people want to be around him. They want to play for him. They want to follow him. Sonny doesn't project that same vibe, obviously, right? Like that's not that's not who he is. Uh, but that's who TCU head coach is. Now, should TCU have hired Dion a couple of years back? Maybe, you know. I mean, it, it's hard to argue with what – you can't really argue with what Sonny did in year one. Year two was a, uh, a downturn. Dion hasn't completely done it on the field yet. He did beat TCU head-to-head. They were 4-8 and eight last year. But he's doing a great job in the recruiting trail. But, you know, this this conversation isn't really about that. It's more about what TCU is doing. <clears throat> I've been really impressed with their offseason so far. You go get a well-respected defense coordinator. And here's what I'll say. I think making that move shows that Sonny understands last year was unacceptable and he had to do something he didn't probably didn't want to do, which was fire a coach that he respected in Joe Gillespie. Um, he went and got somebody who is well-respected in the industry and is a defensive mind and runs an aggressive defense and have a different style than he is used to. Um, and then he's he's trying to – he's at least attempting to change up this offensive line and get it to a place where it's better, which I think is the most glaring weakness on the team. I think he's addressing all the areas that he needs to. Now, will it show up on the field? I don't know. That's why they play the games. I, I said last year they were going to be really good, and they weren't. So – you know, the, there's champions of the offseason every year at, at all levels of sport, whether it's college or professional, and then the games start and they don't pan out. But he, I think he's doing everything he can do right now to get this done, and I still believe in the direction that he's taking the program. Now, they have to execute better next year. They can't keep making silly mistakes. They have to be better in the red zone. The defense has to improve. And if they don't do those things, then they'll be staring at another – year where they're fighting for bowl eligibility, and then I don't really know what happens. I mean, we're probably talking about Sonny being on the hot seat, okay? Um, so that's that's all going to take place in the next 10 months. But for the time being, we can only evaluate what they're doing and what they're attempting to put together, and in my mind, it looks really positive. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. We'll have more reaction uh, after this here on Locked on Horn Blogs. FanDuel, if you want to start betting on NFL games, fanduel.com slash locked on, place a $5 money line bet. And if you do that and you win it, you'll get up to $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 of bonus money if you just hit on one 
one money line bet, one $5 money line bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, number one sports book in the country. They also have an app that is super safe and secure and easy to use. FanDuel, make it your place today to bet on games. FanDuel.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Final thing for you. Um, I'll start with an NCAA rule that I'm not going to spend a ton of time on because at the moment it's not going to affect TCU too much, but it could and will affect TCU in the future. Um, so at, at this time, uh, there is a rule in place where everybody has a one-time transfer, right? So you can transfer one time and that's totally legal. You can be um, immediately eligible and you can just go to your next place and you can play. If you transfer more than once, if you have already graduated and you're a grad transfer, then you can once again be immediately eligible. If you are not a graduate and you're transferring for a second time, then they have a rule in place that you have to sit for a year. Your eligibility is gone for a season and you have to just watch from the sidelines, train with the team, and then the next season you can come and play. And oftentimes players uh, submit what's called hardship waivers. So they try to give a reason as to why they transferred and they're saying, hey, this is not a frivolous thing. Sometimes it's about mental health. Sometimes it's about a coaching change, whatever the case may be. They're trying to convince the NCAA that they should have that ability to play immediately. And sometimes the NCAA grants it. Sometimes they don't. The issue has been that there's not really a, um, a, a set rhyme or reason. It's just kind of an arbitrary process. And so in some cases, if those transfer requests are denied, those players and the university will then take the NCAA to court. And so Raekwon Battle, who transferred to West Virginia this offseason, um, he's a third-time non-graduate transfer, and he was denied immediate eligibility by the NCAA. And so he sued uh, because he said his hardship waiver was due to mental health, um, and the NCAA was preventing his right to work because he had an NIL agreement at West Virginia that was contingent on him playing. And a judge in uh, West Virginia agreed with his ruling or agreed with his assessment of the situation and put a temporary restraining order in place for two weeks where Raekwon Battle is eligible. And in effect, the NCAA responded by saying for the next 14 days, um, all two-time transfers are immediately eligible. So for basketball purposes, that means if you're a two-time transfer and you're currently ineligible, you can play right now. Um, to my knowledge, TCU doesn't have anyone who fits that criteria, so it's not going to affect the teams at this point. But we're probably looking at a situation soon where there's just immediate eligibility for everyone, which is insane because it means – and we're already sort of at this place, so I'm not like 
some people were very dramatic about it yesterday. I'm, I'm kind of like, this is pretty much happening already. Um, but we're basically at a point where there's just free agency in college sports. And every year coaches are having to re-recruit their rosters and, you know, find out if people are happy and see what they need to do to keep them in the fold. And this is going to make things even crazier because there'll be even more freedom of movement. Correct. So I don't know how this plays out. We, all of these decisions that have happened in the last 24 months have been hurtling down a path towards collective bargaining where there's eventually maybe the NCAA doesn't exist. Maybe it does in some form or fashion, but at least in college football specifically, we're probably looking at a situation where there's some sort of union and the student athletes are bargaining with whatever the uh, authority is going to end up being for these different rules. And that would make a more standardized process across the country. But for right now, the craziness continues as now two-time transfers and beyond are eligible immediately Um at least temporarily, and that's just something to note on the NCAA front. Uh, a couple more reactions from yesterday's show. Matt Clark said, I talked about Amani Bailey going to the NFL. He says, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not seeing it. Bailey's a seventh-rounder at best, and it'll be tough to make an NFL roster. I would much rather have him stayed and build, it, and build his resume. Yeah, I thought he would stick around for one more season. You know, I don't know. It's always tough with those decisions. I think these guys are kind of measuring, okay, what's my what's my best path? What's my ceiling? Even if I'm, not, if I'm not totally ready, can I improve my stock much more? I mean, Amani Bailey just put together a 1,200-yard season. Even if he has, comes back and has another big year, is that going to make a huge difference to these NFL scouts? And, I mean, I would think he got the feedback that would make him believe that it wouldn't. So maybe he's a little bit higher on that list than you think. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I think he's got a good burst. Um, and – in, in the NFL, they're always searching for backs that can do this at a high level and are relatively uh, cost efficient. And Amani could be one of those players. I, I, I feel like he could potentially make a roster and maybe be available if there are a few injuries. So best of luck to him. I hope it works out. We'll be back in tomorrow. It's Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team, and we do this every day.